0: While you're doing it. Let them know why you're doing it. Kind of spread awareness of what's going on. Um, today, let me just go over a few quick things. Um, first, if you're a college student, this is your first time here and you're like, I don't know anybody, today, college lunch right across there. I just we talked about that earlier, but I want to make sure we say that. Secondly, parent form, if you're a parent, we're going to be talking about a lot of what we talk about today. And go over a lot of uh, current events that are going on in the youth. And then, lastly, youth, if you have not signed up for research next weekend, next weekend you will see us adorned in our research T-shirts. We'll be here together. It should be an amazing, amazing weekend. So, if you haven't signed up yet, please let me know. I would love to get y'all um, plugged in and good to go. So today, we're going to be discussing Ephesians, um, and it's an interesting topic that we're talking about today. Um, if you uh, If you know much about me, you know that I have a couple fears, um, a couple things that scare me a lot, Um, one of which are the sea creature uh, of an octopus, Um, something about the tentacle wrapping around my foot when I'm in the ocean and pulling me under, I don't know, I know, it's kind of bizarre, the black ink shooting out and hitting you in the face, I don't know, something about the the octopus that scares me absolutely to death. I will never go deep sea diving or any of that because the octopus scares me to death. And yes, a squid, same thing, scares me to death. I don't know what it is, but we're not going to hang out if you've got a squid or an octopus at your house. I don't know who has that, but I'm not coming to your house if you have one. (laughs) Secondly, roller coasters. Um, If you want to be my least favorite person in the entire world, take me to Six Flags and try to get me to ride every ride. Um, I won't do it. I refuse. Um, many people in my life have tried to get me to ride roller coasters. I'm not doing it. Um, I'll go ride the virtual coasters all day long, and we'll be best friends. But the minute you try to get me on one of those roller coasters, I will punch you in the face, and we will no longer be friends. Um, I don't do roller coasters. It just doesn't happen. I don't know what it is. just don't like them. Maybe I'm a big Freddy cat. I don't know what it is, but I don't do them. But the biggest fear that I have, um, and is what we're going to be talking about today, is raising kids. I'm sure you're like, <laughs> what? Um, but raising kids. It scares me more than anything in this world. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it scares me. Maybe I've hung out with a lot of your kids. Um, (laughs) But I don't know what it is, but kids scare me more than anything in this world. Not kids, but raising kids. For many of you, I've asked a lot of you dads, what have you done to raise your kids? Give me some tips, give me some pointers. I told Brittany all the time, I am scared to death, and I don't know what it stems from, which is interesting, because the thing we're going to be talking about is raising kids in your marriages. And I know you're like, who's this punk kid? He's 23 years old. He has no kids. What is he going to have to tell us about marriages and kids? And so public speaking 101, never tell him how, how little credibility you have before you speak. But that's what I'm doing. Because I know that as I study the scripture, and as you can see on your worship guide, Tuesday I set this thing out, and it's not what God put on my heart at all. God put on my heart marriages and family and the kids that we are raising in this generation. And so I feel like I've got to talk about it. And so we might get to what's on this worship God. I don't know. Um, but the thing that I want us to see today is we've got to start foundations of our homes that will spread generations and generations past. And so what I want us to see is found, it's all found in Ephesians. So I'm not going to like not do Ephesians. Keith asked me to talk on Ephesians, so I'm going to do it. Um, it's just what God's put on my heart. And so the first thing that I want us to look at today is my hope for each one of you here right now. And it's found in Ephesians 5:14. Oh and by the way, I don't have cheat codes on the screen, so you're actually going to have to use your bibles today. I apologize. Uh, no fill in the blanks, you're going to have to catch it. So, good luck, guys. Um, Ephesians 5:14 says this. This is my hope and this is my prayer for each one of you here today. It says, therefore it says, awake, o sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. How many of us feel like our marriages are dead? Our families are dead? Some things in our lives are dead. We have addictions in our life that just make us feel dead. And my hope for you today is that you will arise from the dead, that you will wake up, parents, that you will wake up and train your kids in the righteousness of Christ, that kids, you will raise up from the dead and start living the life that Christ has called you to live. And so very from the beginning, I want this verse to pervade everything I talk about today. It is time that we arise and it is time that we wake up in the church. It's time that Christ shone upon us in this church and it starts in your families and it starts in your home. Now, I don't know what your Facebook status says today. I don't know if you're married. I don't know if you're single. I don't know if you are looking. I don't know if you're interested in what. I don't know what it says. But I promise you, there's something here for you today. There's something that you can hear and something that you can practically apply in your life today. So I want you all to hear me. Even if you're not married, even if you don't plan to be married anytime soon, there's something here for you. And so as we look at this and we say, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, I want you to think about that. I want that to pervade everything through what we talk about today. Something Bruce Holding taught me, and he says it every time he sees me, and I think he says it to a lot of people, is found in Ephesians 1.3. And I want us to hear this as we get started again. It says this, Blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Bruce always tells me, he says, Mark, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And I want to tell you all, in this church, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Paul writes this from a prison, and he says, hey, big guys, you haven't been blessed with every physical blessing in the earthly places. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places if you are in Christ today. Not some, not a few, not a little, not maybe, You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so as you strive to raise your family, as you strive to raise whatever you're trying to raise, whether it be goats, no, whatever you're trying to raise, let it be known that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Hold fast to that. I'm trying to give you a theme here. Awake from the dead and realize you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. All right, now let's get to the fun stuff. Ephesians 5 verse 22. Again, I tell you, you can look at me and say, who's this punk kid telling me how to have my marriage? Or you can listen to me, because I promise I'm not saying anything that I know. It's all from what the Bible says and what it teaches us as a believers and as people who are trying to live and raise our families the way that Christ has called us to raise. It says in 522, it says this, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, Wives, for those of you who are out there today, for those of you who are looking to be a wife one day, we're supposed to submit, not we, sorry, no. Not working like that. Yes. Women, we're supposed to submit to our husbands. We're supposed to love, God, did it again. Sorry, it's just gonna happen, just deal with it. We're supposed to submit to our husbands. You're supposed to love your husbands, cherish them, encourage them, pray for them, love them, do all things for them, be there for them, encourage them to their face, behind their back, be the first person they run to. Submit to your husbands, but husbands, give them a reason to submit to you. Love your wife. Cherish your wife. Do all things for your wife. If you've ever had to use the pickup line, wife, submit to me, the Bible says so, something's up. It's a terrible pickup line. Never say that. It'll not work. Thankfully, I haven't tried it yet. I don't think it works. But here's the deal. Give your wives a reason to submit to you. Give your wives something to say, hey, I want to love my husband. I want to love him for everything he is. And wives, do it for your husband as well. Love him, cherish him, do all things that you want done to you, do to him. Because see, the marriage is a reflection of Christ and his church. And so as you love your husband and you love your wife, the church, we see Christ in your marriage. And so yes, it doesn't make sense very much, but in Ephesians 5, 33, it's very clear. 32, excuse me. It says, this mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so what it takes is us moving from our normalcy, moving from the things that make sense in our lives and getting off the couch and serving each other in love. I cannot tell you the first time that Brittany had to rebuke me in this. Sorry, I didn't tell you I'm going to tell the story. Um, the first thing we started we've only been married eight months and we already started little systems in our home and I'm sure there's many of you who have little habits that you get into and right off the bat we canceled our cable and we're like yes this is awesome and then we got something to replace cable and it not go as awesome but we would sit down to dinner and we'd watch tv I'm sure all you parents are like you idiots it's the worst thing you could do but for me I was like this is cool we can just shut off our brains and watch a little tv well a few weeks ago Brittany had to come to me and be like this just isn't working We need to go sit at the table, and we need to go talk. I had to submit to her because, honestly, sorry, Britt, I wanted to watch TV. I wanted to really bad. There's TV shows I like, um, but I had to get off the couch and talk to her. I had to submit and say, you know what? You have just made a profound impact on not only our marriage right now, but our kids down the future. The things you do now in your marriages, the things that are going on right now have profound impact on what happens to your kids, your grandchildren, the people that will come after you. We've got to start taking the responsibility and knowing that what we do today has a profound impact on the generations that will come after us. We've got to start standing up to that and start awakening from the dead and start lifting our lives and our marriages. like we know that our children will have huge ramifications down the pipeline. I don't know where pipeline came from, but it just came out. The deal is this. I want our church to have a faith-filled life where we have marriages that are just thriving. And we have homes that are thriving. We have children that are thriving. We're having mature believers that are discipled in your homes. But here's the deal. Ephesians is not full of, hey, wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, if you've got a messed up family life, oh gosh, you're messed up. The greatest thing that I see in Ephesians is the fact that Christ has come to reconcile all things unto himself, and he wants unity in his body. And so again, I don't know what your family life is like, what your situation is like. like. You might be newly wed, or you might be nearly dead. I don't know what the deal is in your life is. Yeah, I I pretty thought of that one. Um, I don't know what the deal is in your lives, but here's the deal. Christ has come to make all things new. If you look in Ephesians 1.7, we can see that through his son Jesus, he has come to make your marriage new. He has come to make you new. And here's how. It says this, Ephesians 1.7. Y'all look with me. Read along with me. I'm not making this stuff up. It says, in him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him in heaven and things on earth. And so, again, I don't know where you are and what your situation is like, but Christ has come to redeem you, to reconcile your marriage, your relationship, yourself unto him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so whether you are going through addiction, whether you're going through struggles, whether you're going through a relationship that is just awful, whether your kids are off the mark, whatever it is, he has come to make all things new. Everything. You, your family, everything has been made new through Jesus and his blood. Everything. And remember, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and it's time for us to arise and awaken from the dead. Christ has come to make all things new. So, why marriage? Why do we have marriage? What's the point of it? Well, maybe it's for ch- kids. I don't know. Here's the deal we have marriages and we have kids. A lot of you have kids. And for many of us, the reason why we have healthy marriages is so that we can raise a new generation for Christ. If we continue reading in chapter 6, verse 1, it says this children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I'm sure there's a lot of parents that would do the sweet amen right now and say, yes, please, let our kids obey us. But you know what, parents? It kind of works the same way for you. If you say, hey, kids, obey me, it says it in the Bible, but give nothing in your lives to back them up where they want to follow you, where they want to obey you, what are you asking them? Because see, it says very clearly, children, obey your parents. What is the clause? What does it say? Obey your parents who? In the Lord. And how are your your kids going to obey you if they don't know who the Lord is? Have you ever taught them who the Lord is? Have you ever taught them who the Lord is in your life? Do you teach them who Jesus Christ and what he has done in your life, what all that is about? We must, as parents, be teachers of our kids, We must be singing praises to them when they're in the crib, singing how Jesus loves them. These are very foundational things that we can do to our kids. I don't know if you've got kids right now, if you've already had kids or if you one day want to have kids. There's opportunities for you all. If you want some practice, we need help in our nursery. Go sign up. Go sing Jesus Loves Me to our kids. We need to raise up a new generation of kids. And it starts by singing praises to them, by telling them the stories of the Bible. We need you as a church to raise up our body and make kids, make disciples, followers of Jesus. Urge them on in the faith. And it starts with with our families doing something, but it starts with our body raising up as well. We need you over there in the theater teaching kids Bible stories. We need you here on the front hallway holding babies and singing to them and praising Jesus' name in front of them, teaching them what Christ means to you. We need that. Our children need that. Our youth need that so desperately. And it doesn't come from the ministers of this church doing it. It comes from the body of Christ doing it and acting it out for them to see. Parents, again, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Parents, I beg you, give your children a reason to follow you. Give your parents, give your children something to look up to. I'm glad my parents are here today. Sorry, I don't want to embarrass you, parents. But when I first graduated college, my brother was about to have a baby. He was freaking out, and I was freaking out too because I just got engaged, and I didn't know what was going on. Um, The greatest thing that my parents did for me is they looked me in the eye almost every day that I saw them and said, we're praying for you. And they said exactly what they were praying for me about. Yes, they said, hey, we'll take care of you. Everything's going to be okay. But they let my brother and I know that they were praying for us and not just said, hey, we're praying for you. They would email me and say, Here's how we're praying for you. This is how we're praying for you every night. We're praying for Brittany in your marriage. We're praying for your job that you will come in contact with. We're praying for every part of your life. That meant more to me than anything they could have given me at any time. And parents, I've got to ask you: Are you praying for your kids? Are you praying for your future kids? Are you praying for your wife? Are you praying for your spouse? Are you praying for other people in this church? See, our kids will be the foundation of the next generation. As we look and we get frustrated with the world around us, as you look to your schools and you say, man, all those kids are awful, man. Those kids are horrible. As you look to the government and you say, man, our government's awful. What's the deal? As you look to our country and you just say, we're falling apart. You can't really do much about that, can you? But you know what you can do something about? Your house, your kids. You can raise them up in the knowledge of Jesus Christ each and every day. The revolution in this country, the revolution in this church begins in the home. It begins with you parents and it begins with you kids. It's got to. There's no other way it can happen except through Jesus Christ and the redemption that he brings in our families. And so husbands, we must model the love of Jesus Christ to our wives. And wives, we must model the redemption of Jesus Christ to our husbands. And and mothers and fathers, we must model the redemption of Jesus Christ to our kids if anything's going to happen. We train up children when they are young. We teach them when they are young. We discipline when they are young. Now, parents, I want to give you four things you can do today, challenges if you will, um, that I hope that you would apply today. All this stuff that I'm teaching you today is stuff that I'm putting in practice in my life today. I talked to Brittany last night as we were going to bed and I said, you know, if I t- teach on this tomorrow, it means I can't keep doing the same things that we've been doing. Like, I've got to step up. And so men, women, children, if you hear my voice, girls and boys, today, make sure your parents are doing this. Call your parents on it. Parents, I beg you, tonight, start a new night in your, in your house. Make all things new in your house. Start these four simple things that are very, very biblical, and it's not anything I read in a self-help book. It comes straight from the scriptures, okay? One, husbands and wives, y'all pray together. If you're not married, pray for the spouse that would one day be your husband or wife. If you're single, it's not too early to start praying for your husband or wife. But if you're married, you need to be praying for each other, and you need to be praying with each other at a designated time during your day, whether it be before you go to bed whether it be when you wake up in the morning, whether it be you call each other and y'all pray on the phone, whatever it may be, y'all pray together. This is really a non-issue. You must pray together if you're going to be a thriving family. You pray together and you pray for each other. Express your prayer concerns with each other. If you're going through a hard time, if you're struggling, express that to each other. Secondly, if you have kids, pray for your kids and pray with your kids. When you tuck them in at night, pray with them. Ask them, what do you need prayer for? What are you struggling with in school? How can I love you, buddy? Whatever it is, pray for them and pray with them. It must, must be done. If you don't have kids yet, again, it is never too early to begin praying for your kids. Pray for other people's kids. Thirdly, spend unconditional time with your kids or with your wife or with your family. If you're in a marriage, you must set aside time to be with your wife or to be with your husband and make it unconditional. You will not break that time for anything. If you're with your kids, make sure you're spending time unconditionally with your kids. Because here's the deal. I'll, I'll give you something to fill in if you worship God, if you are bored. Dear kids. Nope, I'll start with the second one. Dear parents, the blank is love your... Dear parents, love your what? I don't want you to put in children just yet. I want you to think about that. What are you going to love? There's a lot of things as parents can put in. I'm not a us, but a lot of things you parents can put in. You can put in your jobs. You can put in your money. You can put in your buddies. So until you're ready, put in your wife slash your kids. Or put in whatever it may be. But parents, love your wife and love your kids. That is really the foundation of everything in the home is loving your parents, loving your kids, and loving your wife. And kids, love your parents. Simple. And parents, give them a reason to love you, right? Fourth, discipline and disciple your kids. Discipline and disciple your kids. Now, I know there's about 100,000 different books. I think Barnes & Noble has an entire um, store devoted to raising kids. So I'm not going to try to tell you anything that I found out because you know what? I've never raised a kid. But I'm going to tell you this. At some level, you've got to discipline and disciple your kids. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know what method you want to use as far as anything like that goes, but I'm saying teach your children. It says it very, very clearly in uh, Ephesians 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents, we must, must teach our children What is right? We must model it in our lives. We must show them through the way that we live our lives. We must. It is very clear that if you try to bring your kids up to the church and get us to do all the hard work, it's not going to happen. I want you all to realize something about myself as a youth pastor and charity as your children's pastor. We spend probably two hours a week with your kids, and that's on a good week. How am I going to train your kids and disciple your kids? I do the best job that I can. But it's going to start with you. It's going to have to. It's going to start with you raising up Bible studies in your home, praying with your kids, starting a revolution inside your home that will spread to the kids at church where kids are saying, Hey, man, some of my friends have Bible study with their parents. Some of my kids, man, what's, what, they're doing some different things. Make your family the model family. Not for show. But start praying together, start loving together, start doing things together, start serving together, start getting out of your house and doing what Christ has called us to do together as a family. We've got to do these things if our, if our families are going to get any better, if our relationships are going to get any better, if this church is going to get any better. We've got to rise up. And as Ephesians, as Ephesians 5.14 says, we've got to awake from the dead. We've got to. And see, I want to hit this last point. I know many of you might be thinking, hey, my marriage is gone. My kids are so far gone. I don't know if I'll ever get married. I'm however old, never met anybody. I don't think I'm ever going to get through this divorce. I don't know what's going on in my kids' lives. I want you to be comforted with Ephesians 3.20. I want you to read this over and over because I still don't understand it in my own heart. It doesn't make sense to me. Ephesians 3.20. I want us to read it together. It says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And the church said, Listen, Jesus Christ says it here. He is able, he is willing to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or hope. And I guarantee you this, your families are not beyond what you ask or hope. Your kids are not beyond what you ask or hope. And Christ says he is able and he is willing to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or hope, according to the power at work within us. So realize today, wherever you are, whatever your circumstance, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And he who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or hope in Christ Jesus. And so again... I don't know what your situation is. I'm not trying to claim I know how to fix you, but I am claiming to know the one who can fix you. And it's Jesus Christ. He is the only way your marriage is going to be made new. He is the only way your kids are going to be made new. He is the only way you are going to be made new. And it's calling upon the sweet name of Jesus and beginning on your knees and saying, I can't do it on my own. God is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or hope according to the power that is within us. I want to ask and see if Jeff and the band can come on up um, and close us. But before we do that, I just want to ask you the simple thing: What do you need to be made new in your life today? What is it in your life that you need to bring your ashes, whatever it is, your, your junk of the day? What is it that you need to bring to Christ and say, "You need to make this new, Christ"? I cannot do this. What is it? Is it your marriages? Is it your family? I believe some of you need to bring your family to these steps and say, it's time for us to start a new day in our home. Some of you might need to just bring your spouse to these front steps and say, it is time for us to be made new in Christ. It is time for our house to be made new in Christ, and it starts at these steps. It starts on the knees, on the floorboards of your house. And so I don't know what your response is today, but as we sing this song, Christ has made all things new, I want you to hear it and soak deep into your spirit. Christ has come to make you new through the blood of Jesus. And, and again, these steps are open for response for you and your family. I would ask that maybe you drag your kids up here and pray with them, put your hands on them, pray with them. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna sing and, and respond back to God's call. Christ, we, we exalt you, we praise you for who you are. God, we confess that we bring ashes to the table where you bring riches. God, my life, I've failed, but God, you have been made complete. God, whatever we are going through, whatever situations you are going through today, I pray that you would turn to the cross and say, I can be made new today through Christ who gives me strength. All things can be made new. You can be made new today. So what will your response be? Will you walk out of here and forget all about training your kids and say that's for some other person? I'll do it when I have my second kid. I'll do it when we have kids. Or will you start today? Christ, would you fill us with your strength? Would you fill us with your grace? Would you fill us with your love? God, I pray for marriages all over this room. God, would you strengthen them and bind them together? Husbands, will we rise up to be husbands of God? Christ has called us to be. Why would we rise up and be the kind of women that Christ has called us to be? Kids, all across this room, I pray that you would rise up and be the young men and women that Christ has called you to be. Let us grow together as one faith family in the, in the love and grace that Jesus has in store for each one of us. God, thank you for what you have done in this place, what you are doing currently in this place, and what you will do for generations past us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus.